What's going on, everybody? Glenn P. Brooks Jr. here. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I'm a coach. And I want to welcome you to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I get the opportunity to add value to entrepreneurs, business owners, and ministry leaders, both on and offline. And this episode is going to be no different. Stick around, and we're going to get started right now. Well, we'd like to welcome you guys back for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday. The podcast today is going to be a great day. We're going to continue to lean into the story behind the brand. And here's what I want to remind you, that in a blog that was featured on HuffPost.com a while back, contributing writer Flynn Coleman asked this question, why are stories so powerful? Well, they are more memorable than facts. Our brains are generally wired to respond to stories in ways that the metaphors and anecdotes actually help us to relate the ideas to our own experiences, providing richness and texture. Stories bring you in and, and bring also bring in your listeners into a multidimensional world full of colors, sights, smells, and emotions, making us feel as though we are actually living the story. Today is a really, really cool day. I've had the pleasure pleasure of building a personal relationship with this young lady for quite some time. We met when I was living in Atlanta and uh, I had written my first book and she actually interviewed me on her uh, blog. I think it was blog, a blog cast kind of a thing. I, I can't remember uh, what the platform was called, but it was really new. And I had a chance to come on her, her podcast in essence and talk about a new book that I had just released. We quickly became friends and this was before what she's known for today, and that is the CEO of Black Girls Golf. I'm going to tell you right now on the front end, I am so freaking proud of this young lady that it's ridiculous. She took something and, and created it out of thin air because of a need. And so without further ado, I want to welcome to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast, my great friend, Tiffany Mac Fitzgerald. Tiff, what's going on? How you feel today? Good morning, Glenn. <laughs> it's so good to have you on this early, early, early morning. How's the weather where you where you at? It is horrible. It's cold. It's wet. It's oh rainy. Boy. But I can't complain because we've had some beautiful weather here in Atlanta, and yeah. I typically don't. I'm a I'm a Goldilocks golfer. Yeah. And I don't play <laughs> if it's colder than like 65 degrees. But we've had some really beautiful weather, and yeah. I don't normally play golf in the winter, but yeah. It's been nice, so I'm, 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 nice. I'm, I'm not complaining. Listen, that was one of the reasons why I told my wife when she was like, yo, it's time for us to move back north because, you know, we've got some things going on in our family and they need us. And I'm like, I don't want to. Because Atlanta is one of them places that if you want to get out in the winter, you can get out and get on the golf course in the winter for sure. I mean, if you're a little crazy, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Well, let me say this. I'm excited to have you here today. I want to talk a little bit about it, and we're going to set this up and kind of walk through organically. Tiffany, I've been there since the very, very, very beginning, some of the beginning ideas, the thoughts of what you now do. But I want you to kind of take people down memory lane a little bit, explain to them who you are, kind of what you do, why you do it, and who you do it for, and how has your past, the way you grew up, the things you were exposed to, informed now what is your brand i want to talk a little bit about the story behind your brand let's go that's so funny i love how you teed that up for me <laughs> um glenn glenn knows that i'm i'm writing a book and really the 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 premise of the book 
is how my crazy childhood and the things that I had gone through really prepared me for the obstacles I would have to overcome building this organization in this industry that really wasn't prepared um, to have people who look like me in it. Um, in fact, there were so many obstacles prior to me coming along. And I won't give you a long, boring history of golf, but um, I think many of you, of you probably have heard the stereotypes around the game. You know, it's for old white men, it's exclusive, you know, all these things, some of which are still kind of true, um, depending on where you play and how you play and with whom you play. Um, but one of the reasons for me creating Black Girls Golf was I, I knew those stereotypes too. And when I learned how to play, it was simply just because I wanted to build better relationships at work. You know, I was checking off boxes like so many of us are told to do. Go to college, get a good job, you know, climb the corporate ladder. And, and if you're a woman, do your best to break the glass ceiling. And I was lucky enough, and I use that term real loosely, um, that I landed a job in an international Fortune 500 company that was very white male dominated. And golf was this thing that seemed like it was kind of like a fraternity. And I wanted to be a part of that. And I knew that it was helping these guys build relationships that were very informal, where they were getting to know each other um, very differently than they were getting to know me. And my entry into the game was very intimidating. I didn't know how to access information, where to get information. And once I learned how to play and started inviting myself to their little outings, um, I just got tired of playing with them. And I didn't know any other black women who were playing. And I wanted selfishly to have a space where I could enjoy the game. And that is when the idea of Black Girls Golf was, was born. Here's what's funny. Uh, for those of you guys that are just tuning in, we all need some help Wednesday, the podcast. We're talking to a really, really, really close friend of mine. Her name's Tiffany Mack Fitzgerald. She's the CEO, the president, the owner of all of the things. We're going to get into the layers of black girls golf, which are deep. But Tiffany, one thing that I do want you to kind of lean in, you grew up in the Bay Area in Oakland, California. Uh, your childhood was not easy, uh, but it prepared you in so many different ways. Uh, by the time you got married and, and went through all of the different things and, and all of the, the stuff that comes with relationships pitfalling and the whole bit and you found yourself in corporate America trying to navigate all of the nuances of these relationships golf for you became a place of more than a game it was a lifestyle and it introduced you some things and helped you navigate relationships in a way that is really really proven uh, to be really good for you I want you to kind of go back and pull some lessons that you've learned from your childhood I think about the trip that you took from from Oakland to to Louisiana when you went to college <laughs> and some of the conversations that you ran into it's like oh Jesus you didn't know that that was shaping you for what you do today can you take us down that road you know, it's, it's, it's funny. One of the uh, chapters in the book is called Do It Anyway. And um, I, I think there's two kinds of people in the world. People who are afraid and let that fear paralyze them and they don't do anything. And then people who are afraid, they feel the fear and they do it anyway. And 
fear became a very good friend of mine through my childhood. It visited me often. And one of the one of the stories I tell in the book is me traveling from Oakland to Louisiana on a Greyhound bus. And I only had money for the bus ticket because the motorcycle club on the corner had given me the money to buy this bus ticket from Oakland to Grambling, Louisiana. And they gave me $100. The bus ticket costs about $50. Um, so I had like $49 in my pocket. And I didn't know what I would need money for when I got to Louisiana. So I didn't eat for these three days on this bus. I get to Grambling. There's other students on the bus by this time. We get off in Grambling and I just follow them. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, where the hell I'm supposed to be going. I just follow them. And we get to this building that smells like an old library. And there's this long ass line, you know, kids there with their parents. And it's just me. And I wait in this line. I get to the window. This lady is looking for my name for a good five, 10 minutes. And she doesn't find anything. And she just simply says, baby, you're going to have to sit out. I don't have nothing for you. And I just looked at her and cried because I'm like, I'm from California. There was no way I was getting back on another bus and riding another three days back home. There was nothing home for me. And I just stood at the window and cried because I didn't know what I was going to do. And my good old friend fear came back. Like, what are you going to do? You're basically homeless in Louisiana. Another student heard this whole interaction and she helped me get enrolled in school. And not only did she help me get enrolled in school, she also let me sleep on her couch until I got enrolled. And for you HBCU grads, you understand what not officially enrolled means. It means you don't have a sticker on your ID, which means you cannot eat in the cafeteria. Um, so she let me sleep on her couch. She took me to Walmart where... I she bought me everything I needed. I didn't have simple things like toothpaste, deodorant, lotion. I had nothing I needed. And this girl who did not know me from a can of paint took care of me. And not only did she do that, she preserved my dignity because she never told anyone that story. She never told anyone that I showed up with one suitcase and nothing else. Um, and. It was it was from that experience that that I understood that fear really is just a feeling. Mm -hmm. And although I am still afraid, sometimes I learned how to just do it anyway, because the help you need will always show up if you're on the right path. Wow. Tiff, I wrote down the word fear and in parentheses, I said a friend, question mark. And then I wrote down these three words, trust, relationship and grit. You talk about the idea of fear, feeling it, and then doing it anyway. Somehow you've invited fear um, or embraced it at least to the point that where it doesn't control you. Can you, just for the sake of some of those people that are listening in the audience, where fear absolutely paralyzes them. It causes them to shut down, shut out, and disappear, even though they may be present in the, in the natural. Can you talk to him a little bit about how you do that? Um, if you think back through it, maybe, and I know that it might not be like a book you read or whatever. A lot of this comes from how you came up. 
Uh, but can you talk to a little, a little bit about how you channel that? How do you do that? You know, I don't think I've ever really thought about how. Um, you know, one of the other things I learned growing up was just to face the day, um, regardless of what's happening inside of you or around you, just face the day. Um, and in, in doing that, you have to walk through the fear. Like, I don't think you can overcome it. I think you have to go through it because you have to build the confidence, the endurance to face it again. You know, so fear is not one of those things you can ever overcome because it's always going to be there. It's it, it's going to visit you over and over and over again in life. Um, and, and to not be afraid of the same things, you have to go, you have to embrace it and walk through it. And I think in the walking through it, you build the confidence to know that you can get through it and it's going to be OK. Ooh, so I don't so I, I don't no, think it was something I, I ever really thought about yeah. it it just i think i just became programmed to believe that fear is a constant mm-hmm. um i was always in dangerous situations as a child and so fear just became this constant thing that i just learned to live with mm-hmm. and and you got to live right so <laughs> you either you know bust through the wall or you stand, or, or you let the wall stop you. And mm-hmm. I just never was in the practice of letting the wall stop me. I, you know, I just learned how to bust through walls. Listen, listen, you, my friend, are a trailblazer. At the time we're recording this, guys, it's the day after International Women's Day. And I remember coming up on this day thinking about you. The barriers that you've broken through, and I've watched you do them. Um, have been absolutely amazing. You say walk through it, and when you do it, builds confidence. You know, I can't escape the idea of facing down this particular fairway that has all kinds of traps. You got your your sand traps. You've got your water. You've got, you know, the narrowed fairways. You've got, you know, you're trying to carry the ball here. You don't know if you want to, you know, which club to use. There's so much fear represented on the golf course. Can you begin to kind of switch gears a little bit and bring us through how How does that, meaning the fear, walking through it, building the trust, developing the relationship, how does that correlate to the game of golf? And how were you able to face all those fears or talk a little bit about building black girls golf? Because Lord knows you came up against so many obstacles and still do, but you plummet through through them as if to say, and what? Like, what what else you got? (laughs) So one thing I know for sure is that I am operating in my sweet spot. I know that I am doing the thing I was put here to do. And I feel very blessed. I feel very lucky. Um, I'm very grateful that I am working in that space. Um, And as it pertains to me navigating this industry, I didn't know what I didn't know. So there was probably stuff I should have been afraid to do that I just wasn't because I just didn't know. And I always feel like, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, I try to decide what is likely to happen um, and what's the worst thing that can happen. And if I can live with both of those, then why not? Why not do it? You know, and and like even, even when you're playing a course that you don't know, there are clues on the course that help you navigate. 
And I think life does the same thing for us. You know, there are breadcrumbs on your path. And if you're paying attention and you're listening to your intuition, you'll make the right decisions. And golf courses do the same thing for you. There, there are hints to help you play the whole, you know, the way the tee box is set up. You know, you look for the 150 yard marker. You know, that's typically just right down the middle. Um, you know, you got to look for the clues in your life and, and the breadcrumbs that have been left for you. You know, I, I often say that the people who came before me in this game cleared a lot of the weeds for me. Um, and I just see myself clearing a lot of those weeds because I'm paying attention to the breadcrumbs they left. I'm, I'm looking at what what happened before I got into this game. Um, how far had they gone down this fairway and how much further do we still have to go? And that kind of guides my path. I'm just following breadcrumbs. Listen, I wrote down, look for the clues on the course, not only the golf course, but the course in your life. Tiff, Black Girls Golf has really grown to levels that um, now I'm on the outside looking in, watching you build this thing. I remember the days when you talked about it. I remember the tears that we would cry together. And then I remember times where I would just say, listen, this is who you are. Let's go. And I remember you just doing things. And then we wouldn't talk for months. And then you would come back and you would say, Glenn, you would not believe who I played golf with yesterday. I remember looking up and, and reading about you in magazines where you're, you know, at pro-ams and all these different things. And it's a whole thing. Can you talk to us a little bit about Black Girls Golf? What is it? Um, how you guys are changing the lives of people that look like me and you, uh, particularly our young girls. And uh, why is it so necessary? So as I mentioned before, you know, there, there are these certain stereotypes around golf. Some are very, very true and some of them are changing. And one of the stereotypes that I think I fought against the most was that golf is for white men. And that is just not true. And part of my mission was to help black women understand that there is a space for you wherever you decide you want to be. And if the golf course is where you decide you want to be, that is where you belong, like period, full stop. You know, that that is it. And for us to believe that there is no space for us means that this is a game that we can't play, that we can't thrive in. And I just don't believe that at all. Um, I think there are access issues. There are leadership issues. Um, but I also think it's a two-way street. Um, and I, I wanted Black Girls Golf to be the bridge where these two different worlds that think, you know, things about each other that may not be true. I wanted Black Girls Golf to be the bridge where they met. And in doing that, we offer golf classes, networking events, um, access to professional tournaments. You know, we have people who've never touched a club before, let alone watched golf. Because again, one of the stereotypes is that golf is boring. It's absolutely boring when you play with boring people. Um, but I don't play with boring people, so I have fun when I play. But I just wanted to break down some of those stereotypes on both sides of the ball, like from the um, player's perspective and from the industry perspective. Um, I, I, I think there is a belief in the industry 
that, you know, black people don't really play and we don't play in large enough numbers that it moves the bottom line. Right. But um, for me, diversity is more or, or talking about and advocating for diversity in this game is more than just um, creating inclusion. Like, I need you to do more than include me. I need you to consider me. And I don't think the industry has gotten where they're considering black women. Um, we're just not playing in large enough numbers that as a business case, um, it makes sense. But then when you know you talked about emotional intelligence, I think that when it comes to building relationship and setting a foundation for the longevity of the game and the industry, we have to start being considered. And so I think Black Girls Golf is creating this space and this platform where the industry is now starting to consider us. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to be a very small part of that. You know, there are so many people doing this work. Um, and I'm happy that the industry recognizes the work that we're doing at Black Girls Golf and that we can create a foundation where black women can start to be considered. Listen, that is so powerful. I don't need you just to include me. I need you to consider me, pay attention and make me a part of the process. Uh, black Girls Golf spans across the entire country. And I dare say that if not now, very soon, the globe. Can you talk about the chapters? How can people be involved? Um, what kind of comes with that? I know you guys are just coming off of a celebration where you did in, in Dallas. And, and, and there's just so many different things. I saw you. <laughs> I saw your, your, your Adidas-sponsored uh, advertisement on, on Instagram. Like, I'm saying, that's my friend. Like, I know her in real life. <laughs> I, I, I geek so bad when I see you win that it's just crazy. Because I remember when, Tiff, and I yeah. think there's so many people, yeah. especially entrepreneurs, when we get along those rides, maybe we should look back a little bit more often to just draw from the strength of, Lord, look at where I've come. And uh, look at where I am and, and look at where I'm going. Can you talk about where is Black Girls Golf and where are you guys going? So I can, it's funny you say looking back, I can remember when I wasn't able to pay myself. I wasn't able to rub two nickels together. I was taking loans out of my 401k. I had depleted my savings trying to keep the organization afloat. Because at that time, the industry was literally just patting me on the head like, oh, look at this cute little black girl doing this little black thing. That's so cute. You know, that that is how they treated me. And now I don't have to look for these opportunities. They literally fall in my lap. And, and I know that that is such a blessing. And I know that is because I am really doing the thing I was put here to do. Like, I do not take that for for granted. And one of the things that that kind of keeps me motivated is, you know, you, you mentioned the Dallas event. We got over 100 black women to come to Dallas to learn, practice, and play golf. We had some awesome sponsors there. And one of the women there grabbed my hands and said, Tiffany, thank you so much for putting this together. I did not know how much I needed this. This has been so healing for me. Then I had another woman, 78 years old. She's been playing golf for over 30 years, and that was the first time she had played with black women. Um, there was another woman who showed up who said when she got off the plane, 
She kept looking around because she hadn't gotten so used to traveling with her children or, and or her husband. This was the first time in decades that she had ever traveled alone and had done something for herself. So it's so much more than golf. Um, these women love the space and doing more events like that. Um, Um, because these women have expressed to me that this is something they need. So golf is kind of the carrot. Um, it is it is the one thing that we we are all interested in getting better at or learning how to do. But really, the crux of what Black Girls Golf is, is a sisterhood and a community where women are um, learning and growing together. And and that, I think, is the um magic of black girls golf i think that is the secret sauce and moving forward um we are only working with partners who who understand the secret sauce who are not trying to add their own ingredients to the sauce like we made the sauce is good we're, we're not changing the ingredients um, but if you want to be part of this ecosystem we're building here's how you can help us um the the chapters and, you know, Glenn, I fought against having chapters. I felt like it would be, you know, so much work. But every time somebody emails, there's like, you know, is there a chapter where I live? I, I think that's just what we're accustomed to is having chapters of things. So, you know, the the pandemic allowed me to take my foot off the gas a little bit and think through that chapter thing. And so this year, we are rolling out chapters. We will not have nationwide chapters. Um, we'll roll them out as it makes sense in different markets. You know, as Black Girls Golf grows, I have to be more strategic. I've been kind of, you know, going with my gut and flying by the seat of my pants. And now that I have partners that have really clear deliverables, <laughs> I have to be a little bit more strategic about how I move forward. Not you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, organization is not my strong suit. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Tiffany, the secret sauce is already good. We're looking for partners who just want to come play and taste and see that it really is good. This sisterhood that you're amassing, I've always known that the golf was the carrot. And I'm talking, we're on stage live as we're recording this on Clubhouse, and there are people in the audience right now in the chat, they're talking and they're going back and forth. But I can promise you there are people who don't play golf at all and uh, never considered it. But a sisterhood is what they need. As we close, I want you to talk to your sister and really encourage her as to the reason why this sisterhood may make sense for her. So one of the things that I think um, as, as black women, we don't do well. Uh-oh, I think I, okay, I'm back. Yeah, you're here. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I don't do, that I, I think black women don't do well is identifying our own needs. Like we can identify them in others and we can help meet the need in others. But I think one of the things we don't do well for ourselves is recognize and identify what, what we need and when we need it. And 
even if golf is not your thing, um, golf has done several things for me that have helped me in other areas of my life. So really, you have to think past the golf, right? And, and so one of the things I, I needed was, was solitude to clear my thoughts. And golf absolutely does that for me. Um, reconnecting with the outdoors. You know, as, as little black girls, sometimes outside just wasn't a cool place, you know? Um, so reconnecting with the outdoors and nature, which for me puts you closer to God, which puts you closer to your thoughts, your, your most pure, genuine thoughts. Um, getting on the tee box in front of people 18 times builds confidence and confidence can translate in any area of your life. Who doesn't need a healthy dose of confidence? Um, and then building relationships, having healthy, fun, giving, enriching relationships can help reduce stress. So there's so many other things besides the golf that it, that it gives you. Um, but the sisterhood is the most important because we're so good at identifying what other people need. Being around women who are nurturing and smart um, and resourceful and connected, um, it can only help you. The golf is kind of secondary. I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, I uh, am just super honored and excited to have been able to get to introduce to you guys uh, a friend of mine I've known for a number of years and uh, every time Sheree and I get a chance to watch you from afar now that we don't live in the same city Tiff I just can't tell you how overjoyed and how proud we are just to be able to know your journey and to know your integrity to keep it that way uh, because of the greater good of reaching this sisterhood. For those of you guys who are just tuning in, uh, this is We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I'm Glenn P. Brooks, Jr. I'm interviewing uh, my great friend, uh, CEO and owner of Black Girls Golf. Her name's Tiffany Mack Fitzgerald. She's amazing, uh, and uh, she's an incredible resource. If you want to get connected to, to her, Tiffany, how would they do that? Um, you can visit the website, blackgirlsgolf.net, and don't forget the S on girl, blackgirlsgolf.net. Um, there's a contact us tab on there. You can always reach me there. We are pretty active on social media. The Instagram is at blackgirlsgolf, and my personal Instagram is Tiff Talks. Glenn remembers Tiff Talks. <laughs> Um, you can reach me anywhere. Social is kind of where we, where I built Black Girls Golf. I built it on social media. So I spend a lot of time on social. So if you see me there, just say hi. <laughs> Tiffany, I love you. I appreciate it. I love you, you more. <laughs> Thank you so much for saying yes to this ungodly hour when you're not on the golf course. Something, something different about this time when, when you're not actually on the course. So, yeah. For those of you guys who have just jumped in, this has been Lessons Learned in Business on Clubhouse. Uh, but the podcast is We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I promise you uh, we're going to continue to bring you these kinds of amazing stories uh, behind the brand. And if you want to listen to more, uh, definitely download this podcast, share it out, like it, let somebody know about it and we'll see you guys back here next week because here's what y'all know to be true you can't get to any place of significance by yourself it's because we all need some help y'all be good and i'll see you next week
Well, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us once again for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Uh, Be sure to download this, and if you need to connect to us any kind of way, uh, you can reach us at www.glennpbrooksjr.com. At the end of the day, y'all already know what time it is. You cannot get to any place of significance by yourself because we all need some help. Y'all be good, and we'll talk soon.